Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I'm your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you are having an amazing day so far. Today, we have an awesome guest. He is an Iranian-born Canadian entrepreneur and sales professional. By the age of 21, he was earning six figures a year and living in a luxury condo in the heart of Toronto. By 23, he was earning multiple six figures per year and managing five regional sales offices of 60 to 70 sales professionals. And by the age of 24, he had multiple seven-figure partnership offers from companies and brands in Canada and the United States, which he happily declined. And starting his entrepreneurial journey at the age of 25, he has now worked with over a thousand entrepreneurs, helping them generate over 100 million in revenue in just three years. So let's welcome Puya Hadari. How are you doing today, Puya? Thank you, Victor. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's great to have you on. So I'd like to get started by asking you, you know, please share your story. How did you wind up becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah, great question. I mean, uh, in hindsight, it all looks like a natural and smooth progression. But of course, there was a lot of uh, peaks and valleys, a lot of ups and downs. Uh, I just knew from a very young age that I wanted to get into sales, get into business. I knew that was uh, my path for creating my own future, creating my own uh, personal wealth and so forth. And uh, I decided to get into sales and really focus on the revenue generation and client acquisition side of businesses. So that's pretty much exactly what I did. I worked in seven different industries, uh, learned a lot. And uh, as the saying goes, learning on someone else's dime. So working within companies and giving them my time, but in exchange, I'm not taking the financial risk and I'm actually learning while being in those companies and businesses. And then from there, like you were just mentioning in the introduction earlier, uh, I got into some partnership roles. I uh, got into doing outsourced sales. And then eventually, again, in hindsight, seems like a natural progression, but eventually uh, made the decision to venture out into uh, business for myself and do what I do best, which was really uh, sales training, leadership training, and business consulting work. And uh, just do that on a larger scale on my own terms. And that's where we are today. Awesome. So basically, you went through a bunch of different steps there, you know, working in seven different industries, and you got a bunch of partnership roles and eventually you know what, say, let me go into business myself. And you've never looked back. And obviously, you've had a lot of success. So I'm sure you've gone through a lot of different uh, turns. Now, I could tell you, almost every single entrepreneur has gone through their ups and downs. Did you experience that when you first got started? Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, when you first start in sales or first start your career when you're younger, that comes with its own challenges, right? That comes with its own ups and downs. And, you know, just the challenges of not knowing how predictable the future is, how predictable your income is, how predictable the industry that you're in is, and uh, really what to expect. And of course, not being as seasoned or experienced comes with challenges as well. Uh, and then later venturing into business as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you're taking on risk of capital, you're taking on risk of reputation. So that comes with a lot of fears, doubts, uncertainties, challenges. Uh, I'm not immune to that either, just like anybody else. Uh, I felt all the same feelings, but I think, you know, the difference, and this would be valuable for your audience as well. The difference between the people that end up making it or the people that don't is uh, very simple. The ones who end up making it just continue to persist through the ups and downs, through the challenges, continue to, you know, innovate and uh, take that one step further. And then eventually you'll look back and you've had a great decade. 
Awesome. That's some really good stuff. Yeah. So yeah, obviously there's a lot of risk involved, you know, a lot of challenges, a lot of things that you don't know how to predict it. You know, you just, you just don't know everything in the beginning. And and as you own your own business, you mentioned there's a lot of risk and capital involved, reputation, but you mentioned it's something very important. I think uh, you have to persist. I think a lot of people seem to give up and let me know if this has been your experience, what you observe with your clients right before they're about to achieve success. They're doing well. And they're like, but they're not getting the results yet. They don't see the compound effect happening. They're saying they've been doing it for six months, maybe nine months or a year. They're saying, oh, not much is time. Maybe I should give it up. But maybe they've gone for another two or three months. They would start seeing that success. Has that been uh, your experience? Yeah. So I would say that hasn't necessarily been my own personal experience because I realized the value of persisting early on. When I was in sales, I just realized, you know, if you continue to have a solution oriented attitude and persist and look for what doors are open, you can always find ways to wrap up a deal to, you know, get your products and services in somebody's hands. So I learned the value of persistence very early on. Uh, so that wasn't really a challenge for me personally, as I went into business for myself, but I do see that through a lot of consulting work that I do, a lot of small business owners that I work with, uh, you're absolutely right. This is the classic three feet from gold analogy, right? You stop just short of getting there and you know, it's, it's real. It's a real thing. A lot of people, unfortunately give in to the risk, the uncertainty to uh, maybe it's a negative environment or you're hearing things. Uh, maybe it's com competition, whatever it might be. There are a lot of different variables in business. So I would say a good metric to look at is your risk tolerance. If you're going to go into business, uh, first of all, do you know what risk is? Do you know what volatility is? And uh, do you know where you are in terms of your own personal risk tolerance? And based on that, you can make some uh, judgments as to what steps to take next. Awesome. That's some really good stuff. Uh, yeah. Look at your risk tolerance, how much you're willing to you know, risk, your volatility. And I like you mentioned have a solution-oriented attitude. And I think so many people don't do it. They always focus too much on the problem. And if you focus 95% on the problem and only like a 1% or 2% of the solution, you're not going to find it. But you focus more on the solution, be solution-oriented, that will make a big difference. And mm -hmm. when when you're dealing with clients, dealing with sales, what from your experience, both with yourself and from your clients, what are the characteristics I think help people succeed in sales? And what are the reasons why you think some people do not succeed? What are they not doing that they should be doing? That's a great question. Well, to start off with what you just said, I'll just touch on that and acknowledge uh, what you said, which is having a solution-oriented attitude. And I've said this for a long time, and I think I'll continue to say this until I'm an old man. You want to put 1% of your focus on problems and 99% on solutions. That is my approach. That has always been my approach. Thankfully, whether it's nature, nurture, I've always been more optimistic, uh, especially long-term. I've always had a long-term optimistic viewpoint. And I think, you know, your viewpoint, your outlook on life determines your outcome. So it's important to make sure that's positive. It's optimistic. And uh, having that solution-oriented attitude is extremely important. So I would advise everybody to put 1% on the problem, meaning understand the problem, acknowledge the problem, realize that it's there, look at it in depth. But as soon as you've done that, you immediately pivot to solutions and 99% of your time, energy, money, feelings, concentration, focus, whatever has to go towards the solutions. So I'll just say that. And that ties into what makes a lot of salespeople or business owners successful and what doesn't. Uh, that is one of the factors. It's it's your outlook. It's uh, your willingness to be looking at solutions, to be finding the next path forward for you, the next step forward for you. You know, one thing that I... Uh, always tell people in sales is when you're selling, you're always selling the next step. You're always selling the next point of your sales process. You're always selling the next, you know, if you're copywriting, 
your sentence is always selling the next sentence. So you want to move your prospects, move the readers, whatever the circumstances, one step at a time forward towards the end agreement, towards the ideal outcome, right? And it's the same thing as a business owner, as an entrepreneur. I believe it's the same thing in life, right? You're always looking at the next step and then the next step and then the next step. And like you said earlier, eventually it'll compound and you'll start to see the results of your work a year in, three years in, five years in, seven years in, right? And, um, you know, I think you would agree. This is exactly why I personally only do things long-term. I believe in long-term relationships. I believe in long-term business ventures. I believe in everything that I do uh, to be long-term because I, I'm just not interested in doing anything for a day or a week or a month. I think uh, it's in the long-term where you find all the value. No, I agree. It's in the long-term. And I like the fact you have that long-term outlook because I think too many people have a short-term outlook and i could tell from people that reach out to me especially on linkedin they're just like they connect with me and as soon as they connect they're pitching me something and they haven't gotten the, the they've not taken the time to get to know me and i immediately just say no and and it's happening a lot and they they don't know anything about building relationships giving people value helping them and you know like you said one step at a time if you try to throw everything at them all at once they're going to be overwhelmed and 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 when we because there's so much going on nowadays with technology and everything. This, so if you throw too much at them, you're just going to be, oh, so that's why you like, I like what you said, sell the next step or sell the next sentence if you're a copywriter, one step at a time so they can process everything. You know, you can't do everything all in one call, one visit. You got to especially the bigger the contract, you got to do it one step at a time. So like everyone needs to digest everything and they can follow. So I think that's big, been a big reason for your success. So uh, you love that. You long-term relationship, look at the big picture. Don't focus on the short term because short term, you may not be able to see everything. You said everything compounds. So the next thing I'd like Absolutely. to ask you, yeah, next thing I'd like to ask you is, you know, you know, right now, you know, it's a tough time economically, you know, we're in a, you know, we're sessioning out throughout, you know, throughout the you know, North America. So, how could someone economic, you know, prove, economy prove their business and themselves through, you know, developing high paying skills? Because right now people are worried about, you know, they want to make sure that the recession doesn't, you know, get the best of them. So how could they do that? So the reality is that in business, you get paid for the value that you bring to the market, right? It's always an, an even exchange in that way. So a lot of people don't want to continue to get better innovate, you know, work on themselves, work on their products, their services, their offers, work on how they can structure their packages and so forth, that they can bring more value uh, to the end consumer. They don't look at these different things. They don't look at how they can remove friction or, you know, your prospect having to make sacrifices from that process, from the sales process or your marketing process. They don't look at how they can, you know, deliver the result that they're promising to the end prospect or the end consumer with more certainty. All these things that you really have to look at as a sales professional, as a business owner, it's all the same. The reality is you're in business, you're exchanging products and services for credit or money, right? And uh, you're helping somebody solve a problem. So it's all the same, whether you're in sales, whether you're in business, I would personally advise you to look at it the same way. Uh, that was why I was successful when I was a sales professional, because I always looked at it like it's my own business. And uh, it also is an easier transition later to going from a sales professional to a leader, to a business owner. But to go back to your question around uh, making your business and really yourself economy proof, uh, what I would do is I would focus on bringing more value to the market. And I know it seems vague, but I just gave you a lot of details under that umbrella of bringing more value to the market. And I think, over the long term, again, going back to this theme of long-term thinking, if you're the one that is 
doing more, bringing more value, adding more value to your prospects, really bringing something of value to the market, you're going to get rewarded for that sooner or later at the end of the day. You know, if you happen to live long enough and if you're in business long enough, if you're resilient enough to survive in business long enough, you will get what you deserve. And I think it, it really is that simple. Now, of course, when you dig deeper, there's a lot of work to be done. But in terms of a philosophy or an answer that I can give you that it would be helpful, I think it's it's that simple. No, and I think that makes a lot of sense. You get paid for the value you bring to the market. I think a lot of people don't focus enough on it. And I think especially, and I can tell you, when I was in the corporate world, I was kind of like that. My, my view was like, okay, I'll do the work I'm supposed to do. But if you want me to do extra work, you got to pay me more. What I did not realize at the time was I needed to do that extra work first to get rewarded later on. And that came across in some of my year-end reviews. So then that changed my thinking. And so you know, then I started working on adding more value when, when I needed to do a request for someone. So, and, and the same thing applies when you're an entrepreneur, you have your own small business, you need to develop, you know, give more, you know, give a lot of extra value to the person. And like you said, in the beginning, you may not see the results because very often, especially when you're brand new, you're going to be underpaid when you get started. When the long run, you'll get overpaid for all the work that you did. So you're going to get a lot more, but you're going to have that long-term view, which you've been talking about. And realize everything will compound because all the clients interested in is do you have this the solution? Can you solve my problem? Can you help me out? I need that certainty. And again, it's like they say people do not buy the drill, they buy the hole that the drill can make. So they want to know, can you give them that solution? And can you do it better than the than your competitors? Because there are competitors out there. So you're gonna show them why should I go to you instead of them? And you have to show that extra value which you've been talking about. So I think that's some really great stuff. Solve their problems. Focus on what they want, not what you want. Because if you can take care of their problems, you'll, you, the money will take care of itself. So you got to focus on serving them and helping. So really great stuff there, uh, Puya. So the next thing I want to ask you about, you talk about how to sell without selling. So could you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. I, I think a lot of uh, sales professionals and also small business owners, a lot of entrepreneurs who have sales teams, and I come from this background of building outsourced sales teams uh, for different corporations. So I'm familiar with hiring, training, and developing and building salespeople. And again, of course, with my own experience of being in all these different industries doing sales uh, from different capacities, I've seen a lot of uh, bad sales tactics or bad approaches to sales that really don't work, uh, really uh, create a negative impression of the brand, of the product, of the service. And uh, at the end of the day, it's costing you money. It's costing your business money. And uh, if you don't have your sales approach, your sales processes, your sales systems in place, you're just you know, you're just not doing things right. You're not helping the end consumer. You're not getting your products and services in their hands. And you're also not uh, helping yourself. You're leaving money on the table. So one of those things that is a big mistake in sales is being very much uh, scripted, very much salesy, uh, having the so-called uh, commission breath. You know, we always talk about this in sales. You know, it comes across, right? So if you're selling in a way that is very obvious that you're strictly looking to sell, chances are you're not going to get to that end result you're looking for, right? But if you're sharp, equipped with sales training, you're a professional. So yes, you are a proud and professional salesperson, but you know how to really build relationships. You know how to genuinely fact find and ask the right questions to get to know what your prospects are looking for, what their needs are. And you're able to effectively communicate to them why they should care about you, your products, your services, what you have to say, you know, how is this going to help them? How will this benefit them? 
you know, the reasons that they should even give you their time. Forget about buying from you or exchanging with you. We're not even close to being there yet. Why they should even give you their time, right? So again, I personally always took this approach and I trained a lot of salespeople to take this approach of, I'm here to earn your business. I'm here to uh, make sure that you understand I essentially am the best option, the only option when it comes to this product, this service, this industry that we're in. And uh, the way you do that, quote unquote, without selling is by building a real relationship, is by asking the right questions, is by really getting to know your prospects and then showing genuine curiosity, right? Uh, genuinely thinking about different solutions that your products and services can provide, genuinely looking at how else your product or service could help this person, right? Genuinely looking at all that stuff. And when you do that, it comes across. When you do that, you know, you can build some long lasting. I mean, I have relationships with prospects of mine that I closed deals with over a decade ago that are now like good friends with me, right? So, you know, it really comes across. I think that's how you sell without selling. And I think if you want to be in sales or in business for the long term, you got to play a long term game. You have to build long term relationships. Yeah. And I totally agree with you on that. That's some really great stuff you just shared with us. And I think so many people focus solely on the shorts and they want to get the quick sale. Like you said, they're scripted, they're salesy, they have the commission breath, which you talked about. And sometimes they just look really desperate. They're like, it's just, they look at you as a transaction instead of as a person. And like you said, most people can sense that they can just tell, oh, this person only just wants to take my money. He doesn't care about me, doesn't want to help me, he's not concerned about my needs. But like you said, you take the time. To, and again, a lot of people also don't want to take the time to build that relationship. They say, oh, it's going to take too long. But you, like you mm -hmm. said, if you have that long-term uh, view and you have, you know, you've had friends for over 10 years that have been clients of yours for over 10 years because you took the time to develop that relationship, you know, how much is that worth? Because not just the, the relationship, the money you've made with them, but people, you know, that they've referred to you as a result as well. They're saying, yeah, this guy, Puya took care of me. He's been really great. You should definitely, you know, work with him. You you, you have to think long-term and look at that. And, you know, like you said, ask a lot of questions, learn about their needs and desires, show them that you care. Um, you know, just hearing what you said just made me think of the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, because Dale Carnegie mm -hmm. talks a lot about that. Listening and, you know, listen 80 to 90% of the time, have them do most of the talk, because that's how you learn about them. If you're doing all the mm -hmm. talking, number one, you're not going to learn anything. Number two, they're not going to like you as much because they're saying, oh, this guy's just talking and talking. Because I know from my own experience, when I do most of the talking, I never, I almost never close anyone. When I'm doing very little of the talking, I'm doing the listening, I close a lot more people. I'm sure that's been your experience as well. You know, you know, really be curious about what what you know what their needs are, you know, how you can help them, how you can serve, how you can solve their problems. And show, like you said, show them how you're better than everyone else because you're showing this is what you need. So I so that's what you need. Okay, I can definitely do that for you. And you know, you do all those little things. It makes a huge difference. So definitely some really great stuff there, Puya. Um, next thing I'd like it to ask you. It certainly does, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, next thing I want to ask you is, uh, uh, it seems like the majority of salespeople are broke and they usually wind up quitting. Why do you think that is the case based on your experience and what you've observed over the years? I think it's a lot of uh, what we've been discussing already, right? Uh, this is something that I actually wanted to refer back to earlier, which is uh, something that I didn't know early on in my career. And I think for the younger people in your audience, it's going to be very helpful. Um, it's not just about building these long-term relationships so you can be in sales uh, long-term and you can, you know, at some point wrap up a deal with these people or they're going to bring you referrals and you're bringing this, uh, building this referral ecosystem and so forth. That's all good. Those are, you know, the very clear benefits of building long-term relationships. But some of the benefits you may not think about is the quality and the value of your network, right? I've seen this uh, time and time again, 
relationships that I built when I was just a young sales guy, uh, when I was a sales manager, when I was a VP of sales, when I was in these different positions, when I was in the corporate world, when I was partnered with companies and I was building all these different relationships from all angles, whether it was people that uh, reported directly to me and that I was hiring or firing or whatever it might be, whether it was partners, whether it was uh, clients, whatever it might be. A lot of those relationships years and years later uh, were valuable in one way or another. That network was valuable in one way or another. So I think as a young person, you don't really think that far ahead and you don't really think about, you know, how valuable are my connections? How valuable is my network? You know, what doors could this open for me? How could I help them and add value to them so that later they can also help me and add value to me if need be, right? So I think for the younger people in the audience, for anybody who's uh, starting a new career or who's just starting in sales or wants to just go into business, that's another real important reason to cultivate those relationships. It's not just about getting a deal done or uh, making money from it. It's about building your network because that network is going to pay dividends for life. And you want to play that long-term game and anything that pays dividends for life is a nice thing. You want that. And uh, a valuable high-level network is definitely one. So I just wanted to acknowledge that. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that and then I can answer your question. No, I, I definitely agree with you on that. You really, you know, the quality and the value of your network is very important. You know, you just don't know how much your network can help you in the long run. But you also mentioned helping your network, you know, try to, you know, get, you know, giving them value, you know, and focus on doing that in the long run that pays, you know, dividends. And you could say it pays dividends for life. And I'm sure you know the saying, your network will determine your net worth. So you have a really high value network that you've developed over the long term. It's going to really help you so much in your life and your business. So I love that pays dividends for life. So definitely some really Absolutely. good stuff there. No, uh, Absolutely. I, yeah. So yes, yeah, so you, you want to say anything? You want to say something else? I wanted to answer your question that you asked, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, which, which, which was around uh, why um, a lot of Both. salespeople go ahead. Yeah. Are, are broke. Yeah. Yeah, why a lot of sales people are broke. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, th th this may be a bit of an exaggeration. I mean, that might not be the case for, you know, all industries or all salespeople, of course. But I do think, you know, the majority of uh, sales professionals, at the very least, I can say this fairly and confidently, at the very least, are not reaching up to their potential, are not reaching up to the, the maximum of what they could generate for the businesses that they work within or for themselves in terms of commissions or salaries or paychecks or so forth. So I think, um, you know, the reason is exactly why a lot of people don't want to be in sales or in business, right? In sales, your commission check, your paycheck, your salary, whatever it is, is directly tied to how good you are, is directly tied to your skill set, is directly tied to how much responsibility you take for yourself, for your own life, for your own future. And the most successful sales professionals that I've met, that I've trained myself, and uh, I was one of those guys myself as well. I took a high degree of responsibility for my own career, my own future, my own skills, uh, investing time, money, and energy in myself, always looking to get better, always looking to add more, you could say, uh, layers and more depth to my character, to my arsenal of skills. And I think that translated, that came across when I'm talking to a prospect, as opposed to when they go across the street and talk to the next competitor, right? It comes across because, you know, I've done the work, I've done the due diligence. I am, you know, speaking as a professional. I know the uh, industry knowledge. I know the competitive knowledge. Um, I have not only, you know, all the information available to me that the next guy does or the next person does, but I also have the skill set that I've spent time, energy, and money uh, building that I've invested in myself. So I think 
If you're somebody who wants to take responsibility for your own future, who wants to control your own future, and if you're listening to this, I would hope that you are, then you invest in yourself, you skill up, you get better. And the more that you get better, this goes back to what I said earlier, the more value you bring to your prospects, to your business, to the market. And the more you're going to see a direct correlation with your income, with your revenues, with your profits. And it's the same for business owners as well. And I think that's why a lot of sales professionals, entrepreneurs, business owners are broke or aren't doing well or aren't happy with their results. It's because they're stagnant. They're stagnant themselves. They're not growing themselves. My first mentor always used to say, work harder on yourself than you do on your job or business. And if you just do that, it's it's mind-blowing to me that so much else takes care of itself. But people don't really understand this simple concept. Work harder on yourself than you do on your job or business. Everything else gets taken care of. Oh, I love that quote. I'm a big Jerome fan. I totally agree with that. He yes. was a brilliant uh, teacher. Yeah, work harder on yourself than on your business. You work hard on, on your, you know, on your job, on your business, you can make a living. But if you work hard on yourself, you can make a fortune. Great stuff there. Yes. And I, and I like, you know, a lot of people, like I said, you know, when they want to get the commission check, um, it's, 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 it really comes down to really how hard you work, your skill set. It really comes down to the value that you give. It's not like at a job you get paid every couple of weeks or every week. And you, like you said, you have to take a high degree of responsibility. You have to develop the skills and the knowledge invest in yourself i think that's so important the most successful people i know all invest a lot in themselves and you know there's a saying your skills will pay the bills so you develop the skills it'll pay your bills you know give the value and you're right a lot of people are way too stagnant and uh, so you need really really invest in yourself you mentioned earlier personal development and um you know you know in addition to that you know uh personal development is very important you need to work on yourself a day in and day out and I final question I want to ask is how do you develop a you know, the proper mindset? Because I know mindset is something really big that stops a lot of people from succeeding. You know, there's a lot of negativity around them. They have negative thoughts. So how do they overcome this to develop a winning, successful mindset? That's a great question. I think uh, for a lot of people in sales and in business, you can't, at least initially, you can't expect anybody else to believe in your goals and dreams and ambitions for you. You know, if you truly are who you think you are and who you say you are, you should go and pursue your goals, pursue your ambitions, make them happen, or at least get to some level of generating a result. And then you can have your environment, you can have your family, your friends, your business partners, your network support you, believe in you, have that faith, right? Um, I, I heard a saying once from a business owner that has always stuck with me. And actually, it was somebody that uh, Jim Rohn worked with as well that we spoke about earlier. And, um, you know, Jim Rohn uh, was actually partnered with this individual and they were looking to expand and build this global international company. And uh, this gentleman gave Jim Rohn the entire vision and the mission of the company and what they're looking to do and all that stuff. And uh, Jim Rohn, and he's talked about this in his lectures and whatnot. So I'm sure you've heard the story. Uh, Jim Rohn said, you know, I, I don't think I can see that. You know, I don't, I don't know if I can see that same vision. I don't know if I can believe it. And the guy said, if you can't see it, just borrow my eyes. And that goes to show you the, the level of confidence and conviction and also commitment my favorite C words there, right? Confidence, conviction, commitment that you need to have to your own goals, to your own future um, in order to pursue them, in order to end up getting those results longer term. And, you know, back to your question, initially, you can't expect anybody else to believe in you, to support your mindset, to help you have, you know, a positive uh, mindset all the time. You have to do that yourself. It goes back to taking responsibility. So if you really are who you think you are, who you say you are, 
then don't expect anybody else to uh, to believe in your goals for you. Do the work, right? Get better, invest in yourself, skill up, outwork everybody, get results, and then you'll have the support of your environment as well. And you know that confidence will continue to uh, breed itself, will continue to uh, you know uh, compound for you, and you'll continue to have the courage and the drive to do more. Uh, awesome stuff, Dan. I love that. If you can't see it, borrow my eyes, you know, because, you know, <laughs> that was beautiful. You know, and I agree. Have that commit, have that certainty, have that belief in yourself. You must believe in yourself first, take 100% responsibility, invest in yourself, do the work, develop the skills, the confidence will increase, and people will believe in you more. So I, I, I agree. Some really great stuff here. Uh, is there any other last uh, pieces of advice or tips you'd like to leave with our audience regarding, you know, success as an entrepreneur or in sales? Sure. I'll just share what's uh, top of mind for me right now. And this is uh, from Charlie Munger, who's one of my favorite people. Mm-hmm. And uh, he always says when he's asked for you know advice to younger people or advice to young sales professionals or uh, young business owners, whatever it might be, he always says, first things first, only sell something that you would buy yourself. And I think that's a good rule of thumb. If you wouldn't buy your product or service yourself, chances are it's either not something ethical or it's not something that's really valuable to the market. And if those are the case, then it's going to be harder to sell anyway. So you're setting yourself up for failure. So it's a good rule of thumb. Only sell something that you would buy yourself. And then he also says, you only want to work for people or work with people who you respect or admire. And I'm a big believer in that as well. Because like I said, I see everything long-term. Everything to me is a minimum of three years to five, seven, 10 years. So I'll never be working or partnering with somebody who I don't truly respect or admire. And I think uh, those are good rules of thumb for your uh, audience, uh, whether they're in sales, whether they're in business, use those rules. And uh, I think you can have a successful future for yourself. I love that. You know, only so what you yourself would buy yourself. I totally agree. That's so beautiful. And, and, and finally work with or work for people you respect and admire, especially you're going to be working with them long-term. You want to be with people that you respect and admire. Really, really great stuff. Listen, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. You shared a lot of great tips, a lot of great value, a lot of great wisdom. And I really appreciate it. I know the people listening to this episode also appreciate it. And if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to contact you? You can find me on all the platforms, YouTube, Instagram, everywhere else at Puya Hidari, just my full name. And uh, if you reach out, if anybody from your audience actually wants to send me a message, uh, the best place would probably be on Instagram. Uh, My team handles my social media. If you send a message and say that you heard me on uh, Victor's show, we'll have a free gift for you. We'll send in something special. We'll make sure to help you out. And thanks for having me. Thanks for being on the show, Puya. Have yourself an amazing day. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.